Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. When I discovered Ted Lasso, it came at the perfect time. It was in the summer of 2020, when it felt like all we were hearing was bad news. But here was this character that was so unshakably positive. Hey, how y'all doing? I'm Ted Lasso, your new coach. In case you missed it, Ted Lasso is a comedy show about an American football coach. Out of seemingly nowhere, he gets hired to move to England to coach a professional soccer team. No, I have never coached the sport that you folks call football. Heck, you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. (laughs) Ted gets ridiculed by his players, by the press, and by the team's fans. But through it all, he almost never loses his quirky, cheerful attitude. Hey, Jamie, what would you rather be? A lion or a panda? Coach, I'm me. Why would I want to be anything else? I'm not sure you realize how psychologically healthy that actually is. But it wasn't just Ted's positive outlook that grabbed me. The show is also full of creative and engaging sound design. Coach, you okay? Warning. This episode contains spoilers from the first season, references to soccer, or football, as it should be called, and an American in England making a fool of himself. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Brent Findlay, and I'm a supervising sound editor. My name is Bernard Weiser. I'm uh, officially the dialogue editor, but I'll fill in and help Brent sometimes when needed. Brent, Bernard, and their team are responsible for everything you hear on Ted Lasso. Like most shows and movies, when Ted Lasso is filming, the dialogue is pretty much the only thing that's recorded on set. Everything else is totally silent. That cheering crowd you see jumping up and down at the games, they're not actually chanting anything. They're just miming. Obviously you hear their feet and their jumping and their movements, and you hear nothing else. The reason for this is simple, control. For instance, there's a scene where Ted talks to his assistant coach at a local pub. If all of the background actors were really talking and clinking glasses on set, that scene would end up sounding like this. Maybe the premiership's too much fun. No, he just needs to get a little more comfortable, that's all. That's pretty hard to make out. So instead, all the background actors perform silently on set. That means that the main dialogue can be recorded cleanly, And then, Brent and Bernard can add in just the right amount of background noise. Here's how that scene actually sounded on the show. Maybe the premiership's too much for him. No, he just needs to get a little more comfier, that's all. Well, he turns 20 on Saturday. Uh, There we go. Birthday. The production crew does everything they can to make sure the dialogue recorded on set is clean. But there are times where that isn't possible, and the dialogue ends up sounding kind of messy. So all of that messy dialogue needs to be cleaned up. As dialogue editor, that job falls to Bernard. 
So you have the maintenance side of it, is trying to smooth out your tracks. There's no bumps, there's no odd backup beeps from a huge truck that's in the background, or they're shooting next to a freeway, yet you're supposed to be out in a countryside. So all these things we can fix. Bernard can also improve an actor's performance by pulling audio from different takes. Here's one example where Ted is checking in with Rebecca, the team's owner. The original take sounded like this. Hey, how you doing? Just want to make sure you're doing okay. Jason Sudeikis, who plays Ted, wanted the performance to sound more empathetic. Also, the team wanted to avoid doubling up on the word doing, so they spliced multiple recordings together. Again, here's the original take. Hey, how you doing? Just want to make sure you're doing okay. And here's how it was edited for the episode. Hey, how are you? I'll make sure you're doing okay. There's a way we kind of break apart all the dialogue and then piece it back together again in a nice, clean sense. Once the dialogue is assembled, Bernard can focus on small vocal details. In a critical scene, every little utterance coming out of the mouth, even the little lip smacks, could be very important because it's a sensitive scene and you want to have it almost hyper-real to what they're saying. I don't at other times, you want to smooth it out and not have all those distractions. I feel like we fell out of the lucky tree, hit every branch on the way down, ended up in a pool full of cash and Sour Patch Kids. So those subtleties are very much done through dialogue editing. But in all of this process, story is key. Where that lands, how that's mixed, is all subjective to how is it helping tell the story. For Brenton Bernard, this concept is almost like a mantra. Everything always goes back to story. Story is king. Pay more attention to a certain area based on storyline. Serving the story is our primary goal. But the dialogue is just one piece of the puzzle. Whether it's glasses clinking in a pub, footsteps, a cookie being crunched, or the roar of a stadium. Almost every sound you hear in the show is added in post-production. Even the noise of Ted getting hit in the face with a soccer ball. Hey, nice catch. Might have ourselves a goal. Oh, oh boy, oh boy. That's right on the button. In order to nail down where sound design can add to the story, first, the team sits down and watches a rough cut. This is called a spotting session. So our workflow for any particular episode starts with the spotting session. We're mixing the show basically in a movie theater. At this point, the only sound they hear is a rough mix of the dialogue that was recorded on set. Jason's there with us, we're all sitting next to each other, just dialing in what this show needs to sound like. These spotting sessions include other members of the sound team, like the composer and music editor. They all sit together in the theater and meticulously go through each scene. They make minute decisions like, Does that door close? You know, the person walks out the door, the camera pans back to the inside of the room. Do we want to hear the door close? These sessions can last hours. In person, everybody taking notes, scene by scene, stop, roll. You want to hop on this thing? Get the heck out of Dodge. Come on. Stop, roll, I wish. back up, double check things. Get the heck out of Dodge. Come on. I wish. What's the story in this scene? What's going through Rebecca's head? What's going through Ted's head? So we talk about how that has to impact the sounds around him. They're also paying close attention to the dialogue. Maybe there's an important line that the actor delivers softly. But now I'm alone. I'm alone, Ted, just like he said I would be if I left. 
we discuss, let's do everything we can to save that performance, but I'm also going to flag it for maybe getting an ADR or I'm going to go look through alts. ADR is short for Automated Dialogue Replacement. It's when the actors come into a studio after filming to re-record some of their lines. Here's an example from the show. We'll start with the original dialogue recorded on set. You'll notice there's some background noise that makes it a little hard to understand. He wants us to get together every morning to get to know me and hear what I've got to say. No. I mean, the man is just relentless and nice. Everywhere he's been, his players seem to love him. So one thing that could just muck this up. And here's that same line after ADR. Notice how much cleaner it sounds. He wants us to get together every morning to get to know me and hear what I've got to say. The nerve. I mean, the man's just relentless and nice. Mm. Everywhere he's been, his players seem to love him. It's one thing that could just muck this up. The team also listens out for any improvisations or accidents that they might want to keep. These are the moments that can really bring the show to life. I think in season one, there's that one time where uh, Ted hits his head on the doorstop. He gives a hop and he hits his head. Thanks, Paul. That smack you just heard was totally unplanned. I mean, he didn't hurt himself, so that was good. Uh, But stuff like that happens. Spontaneous things can happen, and it all becomes part of the episode. Again, it all comes back to that mantra. Everything always goes back to story. Coach Ted's first press conference is a great example of this. You're an American who's never set foot in England, whose athletic success has only come at the amateur level, and has now been charged with the leadership of a Premier League football club despite clearly possessing very little knowledge of the game. In the spotting session, they watched this scene with just the dialogue. On the screen, they could see a crowd of journalists miming outrage and silently yelling at Ted. Even name any footballers! Uh, well, yeah, you got Ronaldo and uh, the fellow that bends it like himself. They made a note to add in voices for all those angry journalists. Here's how that sounded. Even name any footballers. Uh, well, yeah, you got Ronaldo and uh, the fellow that bends it like himself. But the spotting session goes even deeper than that. Ted's never coached soccer before, so he can't even answer their most basic questions. You can see him visibly start to panic. The question was, how could they express that panic with sound? Here's how that scene ultimately came together. We won the league last year. I actually don't know the answer to that. I'm sorry. What's a goalie? The fellow with the big Mickey Mouse hands in the, uh, by the net. It's chaotic, but perfect for the scene. By the end, Ted is so flustered that he ends up spitting out water all over the front row. The goal is to take people on that trip without saying, look what we did with sound to get you here. You know, we want it to be an emotional feel without so much awareness of how it happened. After the spotting session, they split into their separate departments to build the episode. Three, one, two, three. There's a department for each category of sound design. First, there's hard effects. Which are all the literal one-time concrete events that happen. Door closes, car starts, explosions, helicopters. Then, background sounds. The stadium sounds for all the games, in the locker room, the sound of London outside Ted's apartment, just building the world. There's also Foley. The components that the characters in the scenes, everything they interact with, it's their footsteps, it's their cloth, they're taking off their coat, they're sitting down on a couch, they're fluffing a pillow, keys out of their pocket. 
And there's one final element called loop groups. Loop group, they're very, very prominent in our show. Loop groups are voice actors who fill in for the people miming in the background of each shot. After the scene is filmed, the loop group goes into the studio and records all that background chatter. Then, the chatter is mixed back into the scene. They're not going to do a stadium full of people, but they're going to do the bar, any other restaurants or cafes. There are no scripts involved here. All of this chatter is improvised. You know, like you talk about, what'd you have for lunch? Did you see that movie? So the content, if it were turned up, would be legitimate conversations people would have. One of the Loop Group's first jobs was the chase for Ted's speeches. Chase is the term for crowd reactions that follow something that the main character says. It could be Ted giving the team a pep talk. Look, we are not playing for a tie. We would chase that because we want people to murmur, kind of respond, emote a little bit as Ted hits his points in his story. Ain't nobody here gonna kiss their sister. Or tells a joke and everybody chuckles. O'Brien tore his butt. It's my hamstring, coach. Well, you tore your butt, son. There's nothing to be ashamed of, okay? It happens. People tear their butts all the time in athletics. You're not alone, man. <laughs> We're filling in those team members with loop group people. There's a reason this gets recorded after the fact. That's so the creators can direct your attention to what you really need to hear. For instance, there's a scene where Rebecca is walking from her office to confess something to Ted. All I want is so we originally had Rebecca walking down those stairs and these deep booms on every one of her footsteps. It's representing the weight on her shoulders of what has to happen. But the score is so freaking amazing. We backed off of that. Rebecca walks by the locker room and you can hear all of the players chatting. Here comes the boss and everybody shuts down as she walks by. And then the team goes back up again. But as soon as she walks into Ted's office and shuts the door, the team goes away. Ted, I lied to you. The team is right there. They're always right there. Would we in real life hear the team all hooting and hollering, doing their thing out in the locker room? Yes, we would. But that's not the story. The story is Rebecca confessing to Ted. And if that means get sound out of the way, that's the right thing to do. But it wasn't just Brent and Bernard that obsessed over small details. Jason Sudeikis led by example. There is a pinball game in the bar. It's a Wizard of Oz pinball game. Well, well, look who knows her way around a pinball machine. Huh? <laughs> I love pinball. That's Jason's personal pinball game. And he asked to make it sound authentic. So Jason reached out to the game maker and we had conversations with that person and the sound designer who made the sounds for the game. And we licensed all the sound effects and got their original toolkit of what everything sounds like. I don't see this on my hat. The orbit! This was a huge amount of effort and it took weeks to make this happen. At least two lawyers were involved. And it's not a feature of the show. We don't spend time in the video game. It's not even that big a deal. But to the degree of authenticity that Jason wanted, there's no shortcut on anything. Within just a couple of episodes, the sound department was running like a well-oiled machine. But then, 2020 happened. 
I think only the first couple of episodes of season one did we get to do our normal process before we had the COVID lockdown. And uh, of course, then it all changed with the way the process goes from a normal process to something we had to figure out because that was the beginning of the pandemic. And at first, you know, there was no rule book. It was all brand new. The world had turned upside down, but Britton Bernard had to make sure that chaos didn't affect the sound of the show. What we didn't want to do was put an asterisk at the end of every episode and say, you know, sorry about the sound, but COVID. Our final results have to hold up down the road when people aren't even thinking about COVID anymore. So the question for all departments was, can we do this remotely? That's coming up after the break. Why should you learn another language with Babbel? Well, there are a ton of reasons, but let's see how many I can fit into 60 seconds. First, Babbel works fast. You can start having conversations in another language in as little as three weeks. Next, it makes overseas vacations more fun and less stressful. I used it all the time on my last trip to Italy. If you work with foreign collaborators, Babbel can help you deepen those relationships. It's a fun thing to do when you need a break, and it's way better than doom scrolling. Babbel teaches you about other cultures. Speaking for myself, learning something new just makes me feel good. It's very affordable. And finally, signing up for Babbel helps support 20,000 Hertz. Okay, make that eight reasons, or otto ragioni, as they'd say in Italian. To get started on a new language today, here's a special limited time deal for 20,000 Hertz listeners. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription right now at babbel.com slash 20K. This offer is only available for our listeners. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 20K for 55% off. Babbel.com slash 20K. Rules and restrictions may apply. Congratulations to Alan Gurton for correctly guessing last episode's mystery sound. That was the sound of Austin Powers' ringtone for the video phone in his car. And here's this episode's mystery sound. If you know what that sound is, submit your guess at the web address mystery.20k.org. Anyone who guesses it right will be entered to win a super soft 20,000 Hertz t-shirt. Indeed finds highly qualified candidates for any job as quickly as possible. That means when you've got a major deadline and need to hire right now, Indeed lets you relax. So how does it work? First, Indeed has 350 million regular visitors each month. In other words, you have a huge group of talented people to choose from. Then, Indeed's AI-powered matching technology helps you pick out the right person for you. It's like searching for a needle in a huge haystack. But with a giant Indeed-shaped magnet. And in an Indeed survey, 93% of those businesses said Indeed delivered the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com Hertz. Just go to Indeed.com Hertz right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In early 2020, Brent and Bernard were hard at work shaping the sound of Ted Lasso. But then, everything changed. The COVID thing happened in season one after the first two episodes. Am I getting that right? Correct. What was that transition like? Well, I mean, overall, it was very painful to start. I just can't beat the process of being on the re-recording stage, which is the size of a feature film theater. I mean, that is just a dream environment to be able to work in. No more state-of-the-art theaters for spotting sessions. No more high-tech ADR facilities. No more studios packed with just the right tools. But the hardest part was not being together in the same room. The benefit of being together in the same room is this interpersonal communication, kind of these nonverbal cues. You can tell by the look on somebody's face where we need to go with something that even on Zoom, we don't even get to see all that stuff. So how do we replace this type of collaboration? I think the first reaction was that everything's going to get shut down until they figure it out. Instead, it was just bear down your head and figure out right away how we can just shift gears and continue on. Now, these next few months might be tricky, but that's just because we're going through our dark forest. Fairy tales do not start, nor do they end, in the dark forest. That son of a gun always shows up smack dab in the middle of a story. But it will all work out. Now, it may not work out how you think it will or how you hope it does, but believe me, it will all work out, exactly as it's supposed to. When COVID hit, most of the filming for the first season was already complete, so the video edit could be finished in quarantine without too much difficulty. But the sound team had to scramble. Usually, recording a loop group is a collaborative process. We'll go to a recording stage, ADR stage, and get six or eight people all in the room together, because it's a give and take. They have to be interacting with each other. How do we record six to eight people in loop group separately? How do they play off of each other? How do they interact? Thankfully, most voice actors who work in loop groups already have their own recording equipment, but they still had to figure out the best way to get everyone connected. That meant really learning the ins and outs of platforms like Zoom. These were trial and error. Which ones work, which ones don't? What are the workarounds uh, enhancing their home studio? Internet speed, now you need the fastest internet speed. So it's getting your home set up proper so uh, you don't have any glitches. Nothing worse than a producer who's looking at his watch while you're having some technical error. Recording over Zoom worked well for smaller groups, like the crowds inside the local pub. But to create the sound of a stadium full of screaming fans, it was a little more complicated. That's because in Ted Lasso, the fans play a huge role. When the team is playing well, they sound happy. It's a dummy. Oh, and another one. What is this? Dixon again! But when they're not, it can get pretty ugly. Richmond looked disjointed, uninspired, and you have to say, joyless. So it's crucial to get these sounds right. 
But that became a monumental task during lockdown. Normally, you can make a few hundred people sound like 2,000. Or even 20,000. But with lockdown, that was out of the question. You can't go out and, you know, get a couple of hundred people at the tail end of some sporting event to be your big group session and get them to chant a little bit. We've got like six or seven people in a studio. (laughs) Once again, the team was forced to improvise. They started with generic crowd sounds. We have licensed library sound effects from stadium recordings from, you know, 60,000, 30,000, 20,000, 5,000, maybe even just 300. Then they added in specific voices for anyone in the crowd that you can see in a close-up. Because maybe we get a tight shot of just one section of the stands. And so we'll use a smaller library recording for the sense of that. Then if anybody is moving their mouth, shouting out, Richmond, come on, any of those kind of shouts, loop group, we'll put something in everybody's mouth. But when the entire crowd is chanting together, that's a whole other challenge. And it required some sound editing magic. We'll take loop group, do multiple layers of loop group, and then there's some software that we can use that will take the characteristics of one sound and impose that on a totally different sound. For example, they'll take the loop group chanting, You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing and use software to apply the rhythm and cadence of the chant to a library recording of a stadium crowd. Then they combine the two so that a few Zoom recordings becomes a stadium full of angry soccer fans. But Zoom wasn't the only tool that helped them work remotely. We have a line in the first season where Sam is shouting, you know, Jamie, I'm open. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Jamie, 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 I'm open. Jamie. The original dialogue was unusable because it was too distorted. So I had the actor go out in his backyard with his iPhone and yell outside. Yes, yes, yes. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Jamie, I'm open. Jamie. And that worldized it so... Using that in the mix, in that environment of the score is blasting, people are shouting on the pitch, the iPhone recording of that sat in just fine. What are you doing? That was going in? Man, we'll never know. Jamie, how many times do I got to tell you to make the extra pass? I mean, come on, Sam was more open than the jar of peanut butter on my kitchen counter. And that's not the only scene they used an iPhone for. There were plenty of times where an iPhone recording was all we needed because of the nature of the line. For example, there was a locker room scene between two of the team's players, Roy and Danny. Roy is in the ice bath, having done an own goal score. He just had a miserable game. And ever the optimist, Danny comes in. Hola, Roy. Danny hops on the treadmill in the background and starts belting out a song in Spanish. But that's not what they originally recorded. The song actually sang on the set. They decided they weren't going to use that. So they had the actor record a few new songs at home using his iPhone. So we played around with a couple of different ideas and landed on him singing the theme song to the show itself. 
in Spanish. No way. So if you listen, he ends up with C, and it goes right into the main titles. And when everybody's telling me I have no time, I prove them wrong again. Y cuando todos dicen que no tienen tiempo para mostrarles más, sí. So that's a little Easter egg. <laughs> that's great. iPhones worked sometimes, but Bernard still sent microphones to most of the main actors so they could record at home. Although, sometimes setting up the mics was a bit of a challenge. We do a Zoom with them and always try to tell them no, kitchen, bathrooms, bad places. You know, echo is like huge. Closets, but if it's too small of a closet, that's not good either. But we would take a look at the room and guide them through what would be best, throwing blankets on any glass, throwing blankets on windows, things like that. Fortunately, the actors had a lot of free time. The actors had no place else to be because everything was locked down. So, you know, the number of times they're like, geez, this is taking longer than I thought. I'm like, do we need to, to call this? Like, oh, no, I don't have anything to do. It's just taking longer than I thought. So. <laughs> I just love that, like, clash of famous scene, or you remember this scene, someone on camera, you know, their, their lips moving, but they're in a closet, you know, saying that. <laughs> Here's a scene of Rebecca singing at a karaoke bar. The wind is howling like this swirling storm What you're hearing in there is Hannah Weddingham singing live during the production. She's just freaking amazing. But it was also like four in the morning, and so there was a note or two she didn't like, so she re-recorded the entire song in her closet, and we just excised the parts that she wasn't happy with. It's pretty much impossible to tell where the onset recording ends and the closet recording begins. Getting such great results with remote recording is an amazing achievement. But what's even more impressive is that they managed to do it without interrupting their schedule. The mantra was journey of discovery. So nothing went wrong. It went, oh, this is happening now. Let's figure out how to fix that. Let's overcome this now. Everyone had a very positive attitude, very Ted Lasso. <laughs> I think that's what it's all about. Embracing change. Being brave doing whatever you have to so that everyone in your life can move forward theirs. Thanks to all their hard work, the episodes made during lockdown sound just as good as the earlier ones. Instead of laying down and saying, oh, we have a pandemic, this is going to be tough, so it's going to be what it is and just allow it to be that way, we all had the attitude is that, okay, this is the challenge, but the product still has to come out as best it can be. And uh, we just looked at it as a challenge to overcome. Hey, but taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse, and if you're comfortable while you're doing it, probably doing it wrong. In 2021, Ted Lasso won seven Emmy Awards, including one for Outstanding Sound Mixing. It's Jason's baby in the end, but he's also very collaborative and really appreciates the points of view and the, the creative elements that other people bring to the table. You know, an actor by himself is just a solo gig. But out there, you're just one of 11. If you just figure out some way to turn that me into us, the sky's the limit for you. 
So he understands that it's what other people bring that will make all the other elements even better. Really the overall thing that makes everything work, all these challenges work, was the collaboration of the crew. In the end, Ted Lasso's positive attitude inspired the filmmakers to keep going through 2020. The character's optimism and strength were infectious. His message is that life isn't about winning at all costs. It's about the trust and connections that you find along the way. And I want you to be grateful that you're going through this sad moment with all these other folks. Because I promise you, there is something worse out there than being sad, and that is being alone and being sad. Ain't nobody in this room alone. There's an emotional roller coaster in a multitude of directions in every episode. I mean, how can we be celebrating a win and a heartbreak simultaneously? It's emotionally rewarding and fulfilling and puts gas in my tank. And I would hope that if it rubs off on somebody, it's in a way that people are just nicer to each other. For us, that makes what we do in all the hard work worthwhile. And connecting to people, of course, is the joy. It's why we do this. Twenty Thousand Hertz is produced out of the sound design studios of DeFacto Sound. Follow DeFacto Sound on Instagram for more sonic treats. This episode was written and produced by Nicholas Harder. It was story edited by Colin Devarney, Andrew Anderson, and Casey Emerling. It was sound designed and mixed by Colin Devarney. Thanks again to our guests, Brent Findlay and Bernard Weiser. I highly recommend Ted Lasso. It's an amazing show and a ton of work went into making it sound brilliant. Thanks for listening. 